Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to the Disgruntled Sailor Podcast, a place where my scumbag friends and I talk shit, tell stories, and spread rumors. I hope you motherfuckers are ready because it's about to go down like motherfucking Kevin Hart. This entire ad is recorded with AI because we're fucking lazy, and this makes it funnier. We'd like to give a special shout-out to our sponsors, Georgia Beer Company and Rowdy Sailors, because without you, none of this shit would be fucking possible. Remember, bitches, the views and opinions expressed on the Disgruntled Sailor podcast are exclusively our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of any member or the views of the United States Coast Guard. The podcast does not have any association with or endorsement from the Coast Guard. We're just two individuals who happen to be in the military, expressing our own personal views and opinions. So sit back, relax, and crack a cold beer, unless you're underway, then next watch, motherfucker. What's up, you fat bitches? Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the podcast. Well, I guess you're just going to do it then, huh? Yeah, I just fucking did it. Uh, this is episode 79. Giggity. What is that in Spanish? Uh, days. I don't know. Th- that's That's wrong. I can only tell you certain <laughs> things, like... My daughter's learning Ooh. Spanish right now. She's like, Dad, do you know any Spanish? I was like, I can tell you to put your hands up. Don't move. I can tell you to stop your boat. Can I uh, ask you where the library is? I can ask you where the library is. <laughs> I can tell you to drop your gun, and I can order beer. And Bro, I, I told her some of the stuff. She's like, let me know. Like, tell me. I was like, Maras Ribe, no se mueva. You know? And I just kind of said it, and then she practiced. And then she comes home two days later. She goes, I had Spanish today. And I go, okay, because my kids tell me all the details and it could be like I saw a frog and then there was someone at the door and then I went to the bathroom and like so you never really know and I'm not done with my story shut up and okay she goes I told my teacher my dad says and I guess she laughed and I was like well when you go next week tell her your dad is named uh, El Pesadilla Bogote say yo soy El Pesadilla Bogote she goes what's that I go that's what the drug guy used to call me, the nightmare mustache. And I'm waiting for her to have Spanish. I don't know when she has it next, but. What grade is she in? Um, uh, I'm thinking. I got fucking. She's like fifth. You sounded super confident. Pretty sure it's five. Is this I'm, the younger daughter or the older daughter? The middle kid. Oh, okay. okay. I'm. I, I remember. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's sixth. Who knows? 
I remember you were on a boarding one time and you were like yelling in Spanish and you were like, Hey, put your hands up. Where's the fucking library? <laughs> that was on a chase. <laughs> that was on a chase. I was with Ratsnitch and we're driving. I'm doing the whole like, and you know, uh, you know, Guardia Costera de Estados Unidos, you know, I'm doing all the shit and I'm probably sure that's wrong, but get off my back. And I look over at Ratstash, he goes, Do it, do it. <laughs> so I go So I'm like yelling like Alto Subarco, Alto Subarco, Parasubarcasion, Donde esta biblioteca And the dude like whipped his fucking head around. <laughs> I was like, He saw us, that counts. <laughs> He's probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> Some crazy mustached white guy yelling, where's the library? Speaking of rat snitch, do you know what he sent me? Why would I know that? Day? I don't know. I imagine he sent it to you too. Probably not. He doesn't talk sent to me, me anymore. sent it to me yesterday. He doesn't talk to me anymore. I don't think we're friends. McDonald's maple syrup. And then he said, the rare McDonald's. And I go, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Is he talking about he McDonald's, goes, like when you tried to find the fake McDonald's? And yes, yeah, he was like, "You don't remember being pissed that we didn't go to the McDonald's in Grand Cayman?" Yeah, and you made me walk nine fucking miles for nothing. <laughs> nine miles. We almost had two fights on that walk. I should put that in my marks. <laughs> I don't <laughs> made know. you exercise. Ratsnitch doesn't talk to me anymore. He's too fancy being a fucking chief. He he doesn't talk to me that often i mean it's not the same as when we were on the boat obviously especially because we're all over the country from each other now but it's pretty rare you live three thousand miles away from me and we talk every day well that's that's because we're like best buds yeah well (laughs) ratsnitch the good time ruiner was my second best buddy and he just shit the pot i feel like we should get him we should get him back on an episode he was always uncomfortable doing these. I know. We should make him super uncomfortable. <laughs> Have him come on here and read some of his words of wisdom and see what some of his charges were. Be hilarious. Yeah. What were we talking about? Um, we were talking about Spanish, but we got way off. We didn't even get into like anything. We just started talking about random shit. That's because we don't uh, have any topics. Yeah. For admin stuff, though, I already told everybody that I ordered. At least I think I told everybody. I don't remember. Well, if if not, I ordered patches and I ordered coins. I checked on them the other day. The patches should be getting ready to ship either today or tomorrow. And the coins are going to be shipped in about another week or two. I want to make a decision on koozies soon. Because I, I do too. But I, my I koozies are... Want. I mean, you know how hard I am on koozies. There's one in my hand as yeah, long as I'm not... Mine's, mine's right here. Mine's, mine's beat the living shit. So my, uh, my son's gotten into 3D printing. I know. He was supposed to 3D print me something, and I haven't gotten it yet. He 3D printed you those Yeti things when you were here. That that no, Yeah, I know that. I still have what that, a, and he, I use it. He gave you a whistle? <laughs> yeah, that one broke. My daughter you, broke it. You broke accident. it? My daughter did, yeah. It, it was an X. She dropped it. So, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, I'll post a picture of it later on. My son made, 3D printed an Aztec death whistle, and I'm going to blow it. That's what I use to call her home. When she was outside playing, I would just walk outside and blow that whistle. I'm going to step, I'm going to, guard housing. I'm going to back away from the mic and I'm going to blow it and hopefully it comes through. Hold on a second. Did you hear it? <laughs> yeah, I heard it. My daughter it's yelled from the other room. She goes, dad. Um, but the reason I brought it to 3D printing is he was looking for stuff to print. And so my, Woo! you're going to have to edit that out. God damn it. I, sorry. <laughs> uh, 
my chief was a big 270 sailor and my one of my thirds was frc sailor so he printed them six inch long like like yay long like seven eight inch long um replicas 3d printed them gave a 270 my fucking a i did it again do better wow man i'm it's been a rough week (laughs) i got i have a lot going on uh and then he printed an frc for my third and they're on top of the computers they look really cool and then i have another third who hasn't really done anything so he made him an articulated octopus because it doesn't really do anything that's those are the boy's words not mine uh i yeah he's supposed to print me a 378 and a 210 oh yeah i'll remind him he's got orders from people all over the neighborhood He's taking. Does he got a website? I'll just go on there and buy it. He does not have a website. Oh. He just kind of <laughs> like. I saw he got an Instagram. Why would you repeat that? Now the old lady's gonna fuck. Nah, she doesn't listen. <laughs> he, so, he doesn't have a profile picture. Well, so just blank. Here's the thing, and my mom's gonna yell at me too. All right, I go on Instagram and then I see funny memes. I have to screenshot them. Then I gotta crop them because I'm a professional. And you gotta text them. And then it's I gotta text to them. Send them. It's easier for me to just DM him. And yep. it's been. He, I sent him, hold on, I gotta show you. So I had been saving memes just to, sh- just to send this fucking dickhead, right? And, uh, so I sent him, like, a fucking ton, and he sends me this fucking, it says... You're not even on the camera. On. It says, what, <laughs> so I sent him, like, 15 fucking reels, right? And he goes, it says, when you get off work and see that your friend has sent you 20 Instagram reels. <laughs> I was like, you dickhead, you've had Instagram 10 fucking minutes and you're already throwing shade at me. I'm hilarious, you know? It is funny. I do that to somebody's of mine too. But what were we talking about? Yeah, don't mm. don't find my son. Don't follow him. <laughs> I haven't followed him yet because I was like, I wonder if uh, Mr. Miami just made like another Instagram page. No. For him, his like personal stuff. So with the, 3D, with the 3D printing stuff, if it's like, I wonder if I could make that. If it's interesting and a challenge, he's like, I wonder if I can make a ship. Like with the FRC he made actually has like a little Mark 38 on the front of it. The 270 has a little 76 millimeter on the front of it. And cool. like it's got the small boats on the stern and it's got it's got the mast. It's got like the little uh, – it's got the mast is like horizontal, like yard arms. It's got the – you can see the windows on the bridge. And like if it doesn't challenge him, he's not going to do it. He's going to be like, nah, it's gay. I'm not doing that. So this is my brother's Christmas present I was telling you about? Yeah. I don't want to say what it is because he listens, but I just want to show you the box. See, don't don't do that because I'm a bigger fan of this than he is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a tirade, and you're not gonna like it. Don't do it. Don't. Please don't. Please don't. Don't tell him. I I'll fucking say it out loud. I'll say it right now. Don't. I'll say it right now. I want that. Like I want that. <laughs> I'll see. I'll see if there's another one. Like I want that. It's it's cool though. Right? Like one of my favorite hardcore bands is named after him. Like. That is that's my dude. Like I need that shit. I'm gonna say it. and I'm gonna make you bleep it out. Don't, cause you already. I'll tell people what rate you are. I don't give a fuck. And where you live. <laughs> Everyone that sends me a coin knows where I live, bro. I don't give a shit. I am. Let's see. It's the 19th of October. So one, two, five, one, two. I am 363 days away from putting in my retirement letter. I don't give a fucking fuck. Speaking of. Sending you stuff. I need to send you all your shit that I have here for you. I'm going to send it out this week. 
I only have one coin for you, but I'll put it in the mail once I get something of substance to send you. Put it in the mail once. Once. Oh, I almost said his name. Uh, once <laughs> your son <laughs> makes those ships. Do you want one of these masks? What the fuck? Like, you're not super clear, so it's kind of hard to see. It's a Shogun mask. Oh, you know what I want? Why would I know that? I want him to make... I don't know if he can do it on 3D printing. I want the mask of all the three ninjas. The original. He could do that. So my neighbor wants to be Scorpion for Halloween. So he's he measured my neighbor's face, and he's making him a Scorpion mask for his face. That's cool. Speaking of making stuff, my mom is heap big mad at you. Big so, mad at me for what? So I gave her laser engraved tumbler you gave me when she was down here last because she made a big hissy fit about how she doesn't have one so i gave it to her because I, I don't really use it a lot um, oh fuck i haven't made hers yet <laughs> so she's like i was cleaning them the other day because they're my favorite cups i use them every day she uses like one for water one for coffee and she's what like happened? she's like what is that there's fucking rust inside her cup really yeah she's big mad um and she said if you can she would buy like a stanley type cup like okay. and send it to you for you to laser engrave the the logo on one side and we're better than you and we know it on the other side. And if you do that, she'll give you her last oak and iron smoke pit blend coffee bag. Mm. Oh yeah, because I want the bag and we have it. I'll see what I can do. But I told her I was like, I mean, I know he engraved them, but I don't know how often he does engraving. But laser engraving. But I think that if if she's gonna send it to you, and Make that happen. She wants a Stanley Cup, like the big fucking, the one that every wife has in the yeah, world. every basic bitch that has one. Yeah, she wants one of those, but she wants a disgruntled sailor. I'll see what I can do. All right. You were going to tell, you were going to say something. Oh, I have something else since we're still technically on admin shit. What, I've had only one person ask me to bring back a sticker, and I wanted your thoughts on it. Is it the goddamn it chief sticker? Because I'm all in. No, we still have some of those. I need some of those. Uh, it's the operator sticker. You know what? I love that fucking sticker, and I want a shirt or a patch with that. I think that is one of the best designs you've ever made. That's the skull with the helmet, Alto Zumbarco with the NVGs. Yeah. I think that's one of your finest works. My finest works. <laughs> um, That's all I got for admin shit, though. Yeah, we don't have any admin uh, stuff. We're just winging it. Yeah. I do want to talk about... Post Guard Culinary. I also have some points. So I... Wait, I want to go first. Okay. So, because I know what you're about to talk about, and I want to preface it with some stuff. All right. So, cooks get a shitty rap, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and being that my father was a chef for a very, very long time, uh, my mother worked in the restaurant business for a long time. My, my grandfather was a cook in the Coast Guard. You know, really? Yeah. He was an SS. How did I not know that? Because you're fucking... A bad friend. All right. Well, that checks out. And, you know, both my in-law, my in-laws owned a restaurant. So, like, it's it's kind of like it's in the family. I have shit on so many CSs. Like, I've probably, I think the only people I shit on more than CSs is OSs. All right. But I always forget that, like, you know, my job, especially on a ship, is not always necessary. Right. I'm not doing my job every day. We're not doing Mr. Miami stuff every single day. We're not doing disgruntled yeah. sailor stuff every single day. And until recently, like when I had a CS, like, hey man, what could I do better? How am I doing? Like, you have anything to add? I, I like kind of realized, like, how do I say, like, 
cooking four meals a day, because I'm including mid-rats, because we're talking about ships. Cooking okay. four meals a day, day in and day out, sucks fucking dick. Like, it sucks. Yeah, I, I don't even cook three meals a day at my own house. I, I cook I cook dinner every single day. Uh, there's a lot to <laughs> That's it. One like, that's one meal. Yes, that is one meal. Good job. But I do a good job, But and that tires me out, and it frustrates me. It's so like I got to do cheer pickup and dance pickup and fucking football and this and that. And I got to do all this dumb shit and I got to cook dinner. I couldn't imagine being on a ship and like having to exist on a ship and also cook for 75 to 120 assholes who all have an opinion. So like while I'm going to say you guys get a bad rap, CSs get a bad rap, I know it's exhausting, but there's a limit to exhausted like when I get a microwaved lobster tail or I get a cold hot dog and a tortilla, like that's the line. Like I know there's some days you want to say fuck it and I get it, but you guys have to try a little bit. And I will say in recent one, two, three, in like the last four years of my service, I have seen see more CSs that give a shit than don't, you know, and that's from E6 and below. Obviously not Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. But it is hard, though. Like, I don't want that job. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's for the fucking birds, bro. Okay. Can I go now? Yes. Okay. All right. So, it got brought up in the Discord that we should talk about old galley food versus, like, new galley food. Like, old times versus current times. I'm torn already. Uh, okay, why? So, I'm a... Like, you don't fucks with tradition, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I really like, like, when the Muffin Man was in his prime and, like, going at it, like, I knew there was going to be some baller shit in the galley, right? <clears throat> but, like, I yeah. get, I get like, deep fried cheeseburgers and all this cool, like, culinary shit. I get it. I'm also a slut for, like, shit on a shingle and corned beef hash and, like, you know, traditional, like... What's the only breakfast a man should eat? According to you? According to me. Steak and eggs. Steak and eggs is the only correct answer. All right. I'm a slut for traditional breakfast foods. Breakfast should be savory, not sweet. If you think breakfast should be sweet, you sit to pee and just stop. So like, it's, not, it's not that you're a sucker for traditional. You're just a sucker for good food, whether it's traditional or new food. doesn't matter. No, I'm saying like, like there's a there's a diner I really like around here and they do like they call it like eggs Chesapeake. So like instead of like eggs Benedict with like ham, it's a muffin, a crab cake, and a poached egg, hollandaise sauce, and then Old Bay on top. Like I consider that like new breakfast food. You know, like okay. crepes. I know they're like long time in France, but like they're not new here. Like or they're newer here. Like people try to church a lot of breakfast shit up. Like breakfast should be simple. Like so you can go to the mines and drive your fucking semi-truck and you know work in the steel mill like that's what i think breakfast should be okay so anyways anyways so i was doing like i was looking into some shit because i was like i've had you know i've had great galley food on ships i've had fucking some of the worst galley food you can have like i literally got served piece of heart-shaped dry-ass chicken with some mott's applesauce on top like straight out of the little cup just dumped on top like it was fucking horrible And so I was like, but I always see, especially recently on social media, like some baller ass shit. And so I started, it's a filter. I started Googling. For those of you who don't know, the Coast Guard has a culinary team and they compete in a bunch of shit. 
So this article is like from April of this year, but it says the joint culinary training exercise at Fort Lee is the largest military culinary competition in North America. The competition is sanctioned by the American Culinary Federation and showcases the talents of military chefs from around the globe and all branches of the U.S. Armed Services. I want you to read out loud the title of this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Cowboy butts drive me nuts. That's a weird article to have. (laughs) It says, Coast Guard culinary team, three-peats, and joint culinary training exercise. So it says, the Coast Guard culinary team took home the Armed Forces Culinary Team of the Year honors for the third straight year. Meddled in every, and every is all caps, competition they competed in and are sending three members to join the U.S. Army's culinary team to compete in the 2024 World Culinary Olympics. Sounds important. Just some highlights. Like, not as important as, like, counter drug or, you know, whatever. But that's, <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, so just some highlights. It says, on top of winning the top prize of Armed Forces Culinary Team of the Year, your Coast Guard Culinary Team earned seven gold, ten silver, and five bronze medals says I'll, I'll name drop because this is a published article it says petty officer first class john toman toman or toman won armed forces chef of the year petty officer first class miriam lutz won armed forces pastry chef of the year lutz. petty officer first class lutz lutz l-u-t-z lutz petty officer first class danielle hughes won best in show for the overall hot food challenge like so that proves we got some motherfuckers who can cook right that's pretty that's cool man that's cool. And it, it goes on to say, since 2008, Coast Guard Culinary Team has racked up 500 American Culinary Foundation medals and six Best in Show awards for individual competitions. That's, like, pretty, that's, some, fucking, that's some fucking accolades. That's pretty rad. It's okay. interesting when you look at, like, I'm going to sidetrack for a second, but, like, people always forget about us and count us out. Have you ever paid attention to the international sniping competition every year? Yes. So most of the time, we are, like, top five, top three. And when I'm saying yep. top five, top three, like, so uh, shout out to all Na- branches. National all Guard services. usually does really well. And usually, like, I think the last two years, we beat the Marine Corps Sniping School. Correct. We, uh, I think it was MSR, MSRT beat them, or I forget who which Coast Guard unit did it. When I say, like, we're beating sniper teams – we're beating like seals, mountain division, rangers, like you know, we're beating yeah. we're beating guys that are shooting dudes in the great. We're yeah, we're beating some of the best of the best motherfuckers out there. So like we the Coast Guard does some shit, you know. This thing it throws a little bit of shade, which I thought was hilarious. It says, Go Coast Guard, beat Army. The team earned gold in the mobile kitchen trailer, beating out ten army teams on their own equipment. Oof. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> So I watched a documentary one time about those guys. So the army cooks, they pull in like this like semi trailer and then the sides fold out like an RV or a pop-up trailer. And like they do all their shit 
And army cooks are usually known for being heinous. Heinous. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know, Coast Guard Culinary has their own Instagram page, and they post some bomb-ass photos of food. Like, look at this. Like, fucking chicken yeah. enchiladas. So, there's... That's... You know, I was underway on an 87 the other day for... Uh, fucking lobster rolls. That's baller. Where's all this? Where's all this when we were on ships? We went to the wrong places. Like... So, I was bullshit. on an 87 recently, and I don't know if they listen or not. Um, Okay. Let me... Do you remember... When we were together, there was a short, little, portly Puerto Rican, very, very loud, barely could understand him. Do you remember him? Yeah, he wore glasses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. He is stationed where I am stationed. Oh, yeah, you told me. And I was underway on his ship for, we were doing some shit, and um, their CS2 is a fucking rock star. Like, um, so... Uh, I can't say all the words because it'll give too much away. But this CS2 not only works on deck, uh, not only goes to the the range, you know, he's he does you know CMO, which is what we call QMO. They call it CMO on on the smaller ships. This dude, he made lunch like it looked like restaurant style. Like he he made tacos and he made these like it was a tortilla and then he deep fried his own tortillas. So like there was a crunch inside and then like he had that little like metal wavy thing that held the tacos made from scratch queso. And like, you know, he was like the day before I was there for training as well. And the non, the non rate that we were stationed with, he's like, what do you, what is that? He goes, it's truffle salt. He goes, give me some. And he sprinkles some in his hand immediately throws it in his mouth and licks it. And he goes, and fucking, how to go drink some water. And like, this dude is like going, I know it's a smaller ship. So like they have that opportunity to do that. But this CS2 is like literally crushing it. And he made me some baller ass food. So like the next time I saw him, I took him some homemade venison jerky. Cause we got talking about food and shit like that. So like a, a good CS on a ship will change the entire cruise mentality. Oh, it'll change morale for sure. One th- it'll, it'll completely turn it around. Like, you know, everyone knows I was on a 110. They have open galleys. I had one really good cook and I had one really shitty cook. The one good cook would, like, go out of his way to make, like, the best baller shit in the world. And it was like, damn, dude, you fucking hooked that shit up. And the shitty cook was like, you made everybody mad. There's 12 footers out here, dickhead. You made fucking spicy chili. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know? I, I would like to interview somebody from the Coast Guard Culinary team and be like, why the fuck is all your guys's food looks so delicious and then you go to a ship and it all just looks like shit i can answer that right fucking now we don't even need one here's the deal so so my father did some competitions back in the day where like kind of like iron chef style they give you a basket and you got to make something out of it you know he won some shit here's exactly it's the same thing with like any of the rates and professions if you like, they're a specialized team. So, like, we have a shooting team, we have a culinary team, we have all these different fucking teams. Uh, they that's their thing. Like that, they're training to do that thing. There's, you know, set hours. They work from like eight to three. They have a, a stocked pantry. They have this. They have that. Everything is set up for that specific thing. Your standard FSO, and I got yelled at for this by mom that I'm using too many acronyms. It's your food service officer, I think. You know, so your 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 standard CS two CS one, they have to balance their entire checkbook. They have, especially if they're open galley, they have to buy all the food. They have to go get it. They have to, you know, 
put it back, put it in, put it away. They have to do everybody's meals. If you're on a bigger ship, they got to calculate officers buying food. They have to balance what they're buying on, you know, because the ship takes your BAS, which is your basic allowance for sustenance, you know, your, your money for food. So, like, these guys, this is speculation, these guys that are on people that are on these culinary teams, they're probably not FSOs. They're probably not running a galley. They're probably not on a ship. You know, these these CSs that are on ships and running galleys, they're doing 35 fucking other things. Just like the CS2 I was talking about, he's got to stop cooking to go fucking line handle. You know, that's just the way it is, you know? Yeah, I mean, I get it. What you're saying is that they're more set up for success than, like, people on fucking ships. Yeah, I'm sure if, like, our cooks, like, when we were together, I'm sure if they only had to cook one meal a day... No watch, no line handling, no import duty, no mess cooking. No nothing. No for, nothing. Like, your yeah. job is to just present a beautiful meal to the crew. I'm sure it would be fucking stellar because that's all they have to do. It'd be our, like first-class morale dinners. That's what I'm saying. Day. That's what I'm saying. So, like, these CSs – and that's that's a, that's the shitty part with CSs is because I know they want to do good. You know, like, the CS2 that I'm, I'm talking about, he's like, I knew coming into the Coast Guard I wanted to cook. I like cooking. I like the aspect of it. I like serving food to people. I like presenting a good meal. But, like, they get bogged down by FSO. They get bogged down by budget. They get bogged down by grocery shopping, line handling, law enforcement. You know, Or the amount of, of food they have to cook just for one meal. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're getting bogged down. And I'm not saying they should get, like, a CS3 or, you know, they should get help or whatever. But, like... I would still have a culinary someone on the culinary team come on and talk. I think it'd be interesting to learn what they do, but I can answer that that specific question right now. If they're overwhelmed, just like every other person in the Coast Guard is overwhelmed right now with what they got, you're filling a supervisor position right now. You know, you're overwhelmed. You know, I'm understaffed. You know, everybody is fucking at a, at a, a thin thread right now. Overworked and underpaid for shizzle. That's all I got on the culinary team. But yeah. today, just because it's a Excuse random me. episode, somebody DM'd me a an interesting article. Let me find it. Do you want me to go first because my shit's ready? No, I'm ready. Uh, so people in, like, you know, like, the Coast Guard doesn't really have that much housing, but, like, all the other services have fuck tons of housing. Yes. And there's no way to review them. Like, how good it is. Kind of like Yelp, how you can review, like, fucking restaurants and shit. Okay. These fucking soldiers made their own app to rank fucking barracks. Oof. <laughs> That's gotta be, gotta be interesting. And the title of it is, Stuck in Shoddy Barracks? Soldiers made an app to review them. Bro, and they are, their ratings are atrocious. <laughs> oh, yeah. You ever been to any other barracks besides the Coast Guard? Could you imagine, uh... If the Coast Guard had Yelp reviews for their housing, mm. like think, think not just like Coast Guard housing, like UPLH, you know what I mean? Like all the shit. It'd be, I mean, we can barely read, so who knows what it's going to say? <laughs> be wild. All right, what do you got? Uh, so new message came out the other day. It's called Vested Crew Member Beta Test. So the short version is we're pretty much going to try to go to what the Navy does. Wait, wait, so, wait. Is it released for internet shit? Uh, line item number six, internet release authorized. Okay. I checked. Um, so in the Navy, there's no non-rates, right? Which I'm torn, okay? Coming in as a non-rate, I wish, like, I wish I could have experienced different rates and been explained 
like a child what everybody does. Because if someone had explained to me what a fucking MST does, I would have done that in a heartbeat. Nobody told me what the deal was. All I had was the blue jacket to go off of, right? Mm-hmm. And I, on one hand, I want someone to explain to me what the deal is, and I can make an educated decision. On the other hand, I also think we should go from boot, boot camp right to our technical school, right? Yep. I, I agree. So uh, did you this, have anything else to add? No, no, I got a whole bunch. It's, there's a bunch okay. of words here. So it's the VESA crew member beta test, the VCBT. It seeks to maximize the effectiveness of guaranteed A-school uh, by creating a streamlined process for active duty enlisted workforce accession, accessions, 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 and assignments to a member's first unit. Uh, the VCBT will streamline the guaranteed BM, DC, ET, and GMA school process by assigning graduating recruits to a third-class petty officer position to their future rating, which they will return to after A school. So it's pretty much what the Airman program does. So if you want to go one of those four rates, BM, DC, ET, or GM, you leave boot camp and you go and get assigned to a third-class petty officer billet. And you learn kind of what they do for a couple months, then you fuck off to A school, and then you come back to the unit. Now, why I think this is good is, number one, you're going to get, like, for my rate, you do a lot of shit in A school that does not apply. Like, there's a lot that's like, you'll never do that unless you go to this specific unit. You're not going to do that until you get to E6. You're not going to do that until you get this call. And if I could talk to the kids going to my rates A school, be like, focus on this this and this. Here's what you need to learn to memorize, maximize your potential on this these couple subjects. It'll help you in A school. And then and then also the thing it does is for those members that are married, you're going TAD or TDY or temporary duty, whatever, you know exactly where you're going. So it alleviates that, you know, where am I gonna go kind of thing. I like it and I don't like it. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm torn. Like I like it because right, it gives everything you said, geographic stability. If I can allows the unit to develop this person, you're going to get better petty officers. Yeah. It allows the unit to not be short staff per se. Right. Because they're training this person. They're not going to fuck off, go to a school and then go to a different unit. Right. Yeah. So I get that. What I don't like is what if the member wants to go to a different unit? You know what I'm saying? What if the member changes their mind? Say they want to go BM, and they're like, fuck BMs. I got here. I don't like what BMs do. I want to go fucking MST. Literally happened to me. Fucked. Literally happened to me. I went to an air station because I was supposed to go in the airman program. I worked with airmen for like six months. I went, you guys are ridiculous. I want to do this rate, and I went a different rate. You know? Yeah, but now they're filling, let's say, a BM3's role, and then now they're going to be like, you know what? Time out. I don't want to do that anymore. And now the unit's fucked. Because they have somebody there who's not going to be a BM3, who's not going to come back because they're going to go to a different school. Yeah. So I I like it and I don't like it. Like there's upsides, but there's also downsides. I think it's I think it's a smarter move for those specific rates. Like you can't do that with all the rates. But those four specific rates, those people, so BM, DC, ET, and GM, usually those people that go that rate already know that's what they want to do. Like nine times out of ten, they're like, "Yeah, dude, driving boats is the fucking bee's knees. I want to be that. Fu- I want to be fucking. I want to be that guy, you know." And so it's it's a little till you run into a bridge and you bend the mast. <laughs> that happened like one time. <laughs> that happened like one time. How dare you? I never got that mast, by the way. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with like non rates. So like ships, like deck plate, 
ships run on non-rates. You need non-rates. You, you fucking need them. You need non-rates because, I don't know, I just think you need non-rates. You e- either you need non-rates or you need a fuck ton of third classes. Yes. Yeah. Which I think they're going to have to go to. They're going to have to change the POW, um, which the POW is your personnel allowance list. It says, like, you'll have each unit will have this many BMs, this many MKs, this many GMs, this many HSs, this many ITs, ETs, CSs. It says exactly what you're supposed to have. Um, But it's an interesting program. Like, instead of, like, boot to A, they're like, go learn a little bit first and then go. I think it's going to be a good idea for those four rates. But I... I don't think we should get away from non-rates. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, the whole fucking state of personnel in the Coast Guard is fucking bullshit right now. Uh, 90% of the Coast Guard is going to be civilian contractors in 15 years anyway. Allegedly. Listen, your SKs and your most 90% of your yeoman and SKs already telework. Okay? Every time I call medical, it's, you know, go on the Genesis portal or whatever the fuck it's called. It's going to come down to you're going to have your electronic rates, you know. E- ITs are going to be from home 100% because everything they do is from home. You're going to have EMs, ETs because we still have ships. You're going to have DCs, BMs, MKs, HS, and GMs. Everybody else is going to be civilian contracted in 15 I years. I don't think so. I think so. I think so. I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't. Like, I can see, like, how that could happen. Like, it's a plausible theory. I'll give you that. I just like, don't think it'll happen. I know there's civilians that work in the hazmat office, civilians that work in the galley, civilians that work in the supply office, civilians that work in a admin office. Eventually, we're going to start weaning back and weaning back, and everyone's going to be a teleworker and or a fucking civilian. That Dude, I would love to fucking just telework. I know you're right. You fucking telework anyway. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't. I wish I could fucking telework. Yeah, dude, same. I'd have Call of Duty up on one of my screens, and then I'd be logged in on the other screen. Piece of shit. What? All right, we're ready to move on. Sure. All right. There's a lot of a lot of paper here, so I'm going to flip through and just cover the highlights. So this, the FRC we're covering is the Oliver F. Berry. So I did this research super fast today. At least you did some. Yeah, I know. I tried, and I, in in reality, like even though I did it fast, like. I kept trying to look and look and look for, like, more and more stuff, and I couldn't find hardly anything except this one fucking fuck ton of article, which I'm not reading the whole thing. Uh, basically, in fucking September 1946, um, there was an overnight flight to this place called Gander, which it says where it is later, but it's, it's fucking somewhere. Like uh, Gander anyways, Mountain? <laughs> yeah, Gander Mountain. It says, uh, a little after 8 p.m., Tuesday, September 17th, OO Tech CBG departed Shannon for the overnight flight to Gander. Douglas Skymaster was under this dude's command, a Belgian who had flown with the Royal Air Force during World War II. The co-pilot was this dude. And then it says, it's, uh, the flight was due to land at Gander at 7.20 Wednesday morning. At 7.37 in the morning, the flight reported by radio, estimating that it was 16 minutes out. Uh, they called it the Sabena, Sabania? S-A-B-E-N-A. Sabina? Sabina? I don't know. Whatever. Never arrived. Uh, The Skymaster crashed during harsh weather 24 miles southwest of Gander. An inbound transcontinental and western airlines uh, plane located the crash site and remained overhead until a United States Coast Guard consolidated P-51 
PBY Tech 5A Catalina Flying Boat uh, from Air Detachment Argentina arrived on scene and confirmed that the wreck that the wreckage was that of the missing Savannah and the airliner and that survivors were seen. Does everybody know what a flying boat is? I think I have a picture. I know they can't see it, but I think there's a picture of it in here. So a flying boat is like, if you ever watch Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, that's what they flew. That's what they flew. All right, so this thing goes on to say that the U.S. Coast Guard decided to use helicopters to carry out the survivors. The nearest were located at Coast Guard Air Station, Brooklyn, New York, Air Station, Elizabeth City, North Carolina. In fact, these were the only helicopters operating in the Coast Guard at the time. And then it says, like, helicopters were just in their infancy in 1946. Uh, The Coast Guard had pioneered helicopter development alongside the Sikorsky as a military service responsible for testing and evaluating helicopters used in later years of World War II. Uh, So, I can't, but, like, this plane fucking crashed. It said, like, off the coast of Argentina or some shit. That's south as fuck. Yeah, and, and, like, East City and Brooklyn's the closest motherfuckers we got? Sometimes (laughs) it do be like that. Uh, it says Chief Aviation Machinist Mate Oliver F. Berry um, was one of the primary mechanics in charge of the disassembly and reassembly of the helicopter. Uh, so, just to like give you a snippet of what the fuck happened, they're like, yo, we need the Coast Guard's fucking helos to come here and do this and fucking help us get these boys back. So, this dude, Oliver F. Berry, was like, we can't fly that far. But what we can do is take the whole motherfucker apart, box it up, and ship it to you, and then we can reassemble it on site. So that's what they fucking did. What What about the people in the water? They ended up rescuing, like, all 37 fucking survivors. Okay. On, like, two different days. But could you imagine, like, let's just say you work at whatever air station. Let's say the biggest air station in the fleet is Clearwater, okay? Or they have the largest, whatever. So anyways, let's just say you're there and you get, you're the chief of the shop and you get a call that says, Hey chief, fucking disassemble your entire helo, put it in a box and mail it overseas. Then we're going to fly you out there and make you fucking put it back together again. Is this Your answer the, would be like, you're fucking high, right? <laughs> yeah. Is this the first aviation FRC namesake? I, I don't know if it's the first one. I'm I mean, maybe sure it is pretty sure it is. Like, that, well, know, that we've gotten to anyways. Well, I mean, I like I know the stone is named after an aviator. So for this dude's efforts, because he was the one who like pioneered this, like he was in charge of he helped develop the fucking hoisting system for helos that they use. Like this dude was super fucking smart. Uh, he got it says right here his citation. It says citation to accompany the award of the silver medal of the order of Leopold the second. Okay. Uh, oh, Gander was in Newfoundland. That's where uh, they had to send these motherfuckers to. From East City to Newfoundland, bro. Newfoundland? Like, get out of here. Newfoundland? Yeah, Newfoundland. Hold on. I want to Google where Newfoundland is. <laughs> All right, I'll continue reading while you Google. It says, in recognition of the untold courage of Petty Officer Oliver F. Berry at the time of the air disaster in Gander, in Canada. Newfoundland, on 18 September 1946. Newfoundland oh, yeah, they, in Canada. They took off from Argentina to fly into New, to Gander, Newfoundland. Still, though. Why would you go north to Newfoundland to fly south to Argentina? They were going from Argentina to Newfoundland. What? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Why I, would I, you, why I would just you read go, it. Why would you go from E-City 
north to Newfoundland, down to Argentina. The plane, the Sabina, took off from Argentina, flew, was flying to Newfoundland and crashed. Oh, so it crashed in the Atlantic. Yeah, somewhere. You didn't say that. I said it crashed. You didn't say where, though, bitch. Anyways, so I found his fucking award write-up, which isn't anything like today's award write-ups. Look how old this looks. That's the typewriter. Yeah. It's the translation, because it was all, like, in, like, French. It's from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. This was typed up in Brussels. So Brussels. It says, Sir, it pleases His Royal Highness, the Prince Regent, to bestow upon you, to bestow upon you, the decoration, silver medal of the Order of Leopold II. Please accept my congratulations for the distinction being bestowed upon you, and hereafter you have the honor by reason of the insignia to be addressed as such. This copy confirms the fact that you have been awarded this decoration. Please accept, sir, the assurance of my distinguished consideration. By the Minister of Foreign Affairs, the director, E. Vander Vanderhelst. And then they sent a separate one <laughs> that says, it says, Charles, Prince of Belgium, Royal Regent. To all present and whoever comes... <laughs> Greetings. Arrives. It says, Here, by the token of our benevolence, in recognition of the untold courage of Oliver F. Barry of the American Coast Guard at the time of the air disaster in Gander, Newfoundland, on September 18, 1946, upon the proposal of the Minister of Foreign Affairs, we have decided and decree that Article 1, the Silver Medal of the Order of Leopold II, is awarded to Oliver F. Barry. Article 2... From this day, he is entitled to rank as such in the order. Article 3, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Administrator of the Order, is in charge of the execution of this present degree. That's very confusing. I know. Like, the way all this is worded, and it's like from all these like foreign militaries and shit. But like, so what does he get to be called? Does he get to be called anything special? I don't know. I want to know where he ranks in the order. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, so I'm a, I'm a little torn. Okay, so without taking anything away from what that dude did, because that's that's baller, right? It's a baller fucking move, right? I don't think this is just Mr. Miami's singular opinion. I don't think ships should be named after aviators. I know I'm going to get some heat and some flack, but I I see where you're coming from. You're saying service. Airplanes should be named after aviators. Yeah, you guys have your own fucking Shit, do your own thing. Um, I don't think a seagoing service, a ship with a keel and props and a crew should be named after a aviator, right? They already have their okay. own fucking thing. They already do their own what shit. What do you think about, like, what do you think about, well, we did a FRC namesake on a fucking pharmacy guy, and he was he was a pharmacist or something like that. And where he was he a, stationed? A boat named after him. Where was he stationed? Where was Probably he stationed? On the ship. He was on a ship. I don't remember because that. if you yeah, I don't remember, remember the he no. there was a attack and he was on a ship and helped do do stuff and life saving service stuff on ship. It has nothing to do with rape. So you're, I mean, it does have to do with rape because you're saying aviators. No, 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 no. There no, no, sometimes no, no. aviators go TDY to ships. Okay, so if this person had been like the ship, the Hilo had been detached to a ship and he launched from a ship. And save people from a ship, and it was a you know strictly maritime ship environment. Maybe, 
but he flew his plane, did plane stuff, and got an award. Again, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying, like, I'd want my ship named after somebody that did some shit on the water, not in an airplane. I mean, I see your point. I don't know any fucking airplanes or helos that are named after people. Like, they're always named, like, you know, the fucking Jayhawk or the Dolphin or, you know, whatever. I just... I mean, if we're going to be naming, I understand the stone is named after whatever his name was. His name was Stone. But, like, I forget what the fuck he did. But, like, I don't I don't think ships should be named after aviators. All right? Aviators already get so much fucking extra shit. They don't stand fucking, like, underway watch. They they rarely deploy. It's They're usually home at a normal time. They, like, they already have it pretty easy. And I don't think aviators should get, um, I don't think they should be named after, I don't think their names should go to ships. Like, I mean, did, I, I see what you're saying. So, did he save anyone's life? I, I don't know. I don't know if he actually, it didn't say. It didn't say that. All it said was he was in charge of coming up with this fucking idea of how to get his fucking helos there. It didn't say that. So even it said if, he disassembled so them. If someone goes in the water, if them. someone goes in the water in the Atlantic, which Newfoundland is north. It's cold, right? There's no way you can disassemble a helo, even in today's with like a C-17 or whatever, get helos disassembled to there and back to get there and assemble them to save someone's life. So, like, again, I don't want to take anything away from him, but he didn't really save anybody's life. He didn't combat a foreign enemy. He didn't risk his life in any way. I just think that's not a good namesake. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't deserve, like, his fucking medal and shit. I'm not saying he didn't deserve his medal. I'm saying he may not have deserved to have a ship named after him. Let's see. It says uh, he was one of the world's first helicopter maintenance specialists, a distinguished expert mechanic on an original Coast Guard aircraft. He was a lead instructor at the very first United States military helicopter training unit. He contributed significantly to the Sabana crash rescue operation. Uh, it doesn't flat out say that he physically saved them. It just said he. I, I'm. I'm not saying he fucking not, helped out a lot. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying most f ninety every namesake we've done so far has done some like wow, dude, badass shit, badass shit. Like I wish I could do something like that for my country or for my Coast Guardsmen. I wish I could, you know, extend myself and do something like that. You know, and he pretty much went like, I have an idea. Let's just ship that shit over there. FedEx that shit. I feel like I'm being a fucking dickhead, but I mean, I, I see both sides. Like I, I see like, Hey, this dude did some cool shit and it was revolutionary for the time that he was in. I get it. But I also see what you're saying is he didn't really do that much except disassemble a plane and fucking had it reassembled. And then the, those people went out there, flew it, got some people and brought them back. Like I see both sides. I see both. Did arguments. he even bring some people back? Or I, you I'm said not saying something about the did. wreckage. You're saying yeah, something yeah. about the wreckage. Like, yeah. Like, so those, I don't know, it didn't say who the crew was of those planes or helos. All it said was is they were disassembled here, shipped here, reassembled here, used to go out and grab motherfuckers. I'm done with that. <laughs> I, th- I think it's the, it's, it's the worst namesake we've covered. And if yeah. for some reason I covered it inaccurately, I want somebody to give me the fucking facts so I can recover it. Yeah. Because if this dude did some badass shit and I said it non-factually, I, I want to know so I can correct it. Yeah. I just... Anyway. 
I gotta use the head. Hey, since we're done with the namesake now, did do you follow Not and Regs on Instagram? I do. Did you see what they they posted about what the White House posted about the the deb, the special the uh, special forces guys? Yes. Yeah, that's a big uh oh. Yeah. So it says the White House posted photos of Delta Special Forces guys without their without their pictures blurred uh, in Israel. Mm-hmm. And then they deleted it within an hour. Yes. Yeah, and so, they tried to pass it off as like these are humanitarians or whatever. So not only did I not blur their faces, they didn't blur their tattoos and like these Delta guys, from what I've read, like I, I follow a couple different pages like that. They're like the what makes these guys effective and still be able to maintain a home life is their anonymity. And being able to insert them into different areas and, for and them nobody to like, know who they are. And nobody knows who they are. And the White House goes Here's all of our DSF or um, DSF, our special like forces Delta, Delta, Delta operators yeah. that are here. Look at their faces. What a big yeah, shit like, show! Could, could you imagine like the fucking? I hope that person, whoever posted that or whoever signed off on that post, gets fucked. They won't. They won't. Like you can't. Could you imagine if we did that? Oh, I'd go to Leavenworth. You'd go to Leavenworth. Yeah, like but the White House. Fucking. They still don't stupid. know who the fuck's cocaine was in the White House. <laughs> Most secure building in the goddamn world. Don't know who I heard it was. It is. I heard it was El Pesadilla Bagotes. You shut your fucking whore mouth. <laughs> um, All right. Do you have any there, any last yeah. calls? So before we do last calls, so we're gonna start a new segment, but we need some listener participation. What what is it? We're gonna start doing um, exposés on you're... on on interesting weird units that not a lot of people have been to. Oh okay okay. So like we have someone coming on from Alaska, right? Not everyone's been to Alaska. We're, we want someone from Sol- Station Salt Lake City, Utah, right? The only fucking small station on a lake. We want someone from the Great Lakes. That's not, that's not true. Yes, it it's is. It's not the only small boat station on a lake. Name There's literally one. Lake Name Tahoe. One. No, um, I'm sorry. Not Lake Salt Lake City. Lake Tahoe. That's what I meant. Sorry, I've been joking. <laughs> I meant Lake Tahoe. Uh, the the hammer is stationed out there. <laughs> Um, Lake Tahoe, uh, uh, some D nine sailors. I want someone from from the Sioux, from Sioux Saint Marie, um, somebody from Guam, Puerto, someone from Puerto Rico, um, maybe somebody from Hawaii. You know, units that everyone knows about, but like not a lot of people get to go to. So we're gonna do Alaska next. Like are you talking about units or just geographical locations? Geographical locations, but like okay. the Sioux, for instance, is like spe- like Lake Tahoe specific, right? The next closest unit's like six hours away or something like that. The Sioux, like, everybody knows the Sioux, and the people that go there love it, but, like, they're like, oh, it's fucking great, and, like, you don't get a lot of information, but, like, what's it actually like? Like, you know, I want to know. Like, you know, big units, like, Station New York City, Station Chicago. Like, what are those fucking, like, massive fucking units like, you know? So if you're at or were at one of those fucking units, or... You know, you were one of the guys that were stationed at the PSU when you guys went to, like, Kuwait or, like, South Korea. Hit a motherfucker up because we want you on here. Ooh. Yeah. Did You said before we started this recording that you were going to save it for the episode, something that your mom started doing. It was the coffee gonna... cup. It was the coffee oh, okay, cup okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if that was different. Yeah. I do have some last calls. Do you have any? I do not. All right. So it's a little late, but... Big upset. Did you see the voice actor for Dale Dribble and King of the Hill died? No. Yeah. Johnny Hardwick died at 59. 
Damn. Yeah. Pocket sand. <laughs> uh, I love King of the Hill, and it sucks that that man passed. You know, so if you like King of the Hill, I just ruin your damn sorry. Um, let's see. Oh, I have a history thing before we move on. Um, so hold on, I gotta, I gotta do it right. Um, I have, I have a question for you. For me, okay. Yeah, I just gotta find the right way to say it. So, do you know the only human? <laughs> Should I go get some whiskey? I don't know. Should you? The only human to shoot down an air, another aircraft outside the atmosphere. Like in fucking space? What, what kind of atmospheres are we talking about? The Earth's atmosphere. Okay. I'm going to read you some shit. Oh! <coughs> Major General Wilbur Doug Pearson made history on September 13th, 1985 when he successfully shot down a satellite using an F-15 fighter jet. The satellite in question was the Solwyn P-78 TAC-1, an aging U.S. satellite that had malfunctioned and posed a potential risk due to its uncontrolled re-entry into Earth's atmosphere. At the time, uh, Pearson was serving as the commander of the 3,246th test wing at Eglin Air Force Base in Florida. The United States Space Command recognized the need to prevent the satellite from crashing into populated areas and potentially causing harm. They decided to attempt an unprecedented intercept mission using an F-15, which had never been done before. Pearson and his team faced numerous challenges. The Solwyn satellite was orbiting an altitude of 345 miles above Earth, making it a difficult target. F-15 fighter jet, primarily designed for air-to-air combat, needed modifications to carry out the unique mission. Engineers and technicians worked tirelessly to equip the jet with modified anti-satellite missile known as the ASM-135. On that fateful day, Major General Pearson flying an F-15 named Celestial Eagle took off from Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. With precise calculations and coordination between ground control and the pilot, Pearson positioned the jet in the satellite's predicted flight path. At the critical moment, Pearson fired the ASM-135 missile, raced towards the Solwyn satellite traveling at a speed of over 15,000 miles per hour. The satellite successfully collided with the satellite, destroying it and dissipating, dispersing the debris harmlessly into space. So the pictures from this are insane. There's like, this dude took an, like, there's another article where you can read it. This dude took an F, uh, what did I say? F-15? F-14? Took a F-15. fucking, he took an, he took a fighter jet into space. And shot down a fucking satellite. Only dude to ever shoot something outside of the Earth's atmosphere. With the, the, with the only jet. dude to ever do it. The coldest to ever do it. <laughs> um, I thought that was cool. Uh, I do have a, a last call. Well, do you know the last day of twenty twenty three will be one two three one two three? I did know that. I'm excited. <laughs> All right, I want you to do something for me. Okay. I want you to Google a Stegosaurus. Alright, hold on. A stegosaurus? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script real quick. Okay. Googled it. Alright. Uh, now please explain to me how those two that dinosaur can mate. I don't know, dude. I mean there's a bunch of weird looking animals that make babies. There's spikes all the way down their back. Every animal, minus humans and monkeys, do it doggy style. How the fuck 
Our Stegosaurus is getting pregnant. Let's Google it. How? That's what I'm saying. There's a dinosaur hoax going on. How do... It's been Google before. <laughs> the simplest technique yet proposed is that the female lay down on her side and the male approached standing up, thereby avoiding all those plates and spikes. Then it says, however, the stegosaurus... A doctor did, write, a doctor did not write this. This the is some dude named Dave This is from the Smithsonian, Smithsonian Magazine. It says, however, the stegosaurus pair accomplished the feat though it was most likely brief, only as long as it was needed for the exchange of genetic material. That's what I'm going to start calling it, genetic material. <laughs> so, I don't, I think, I'm starting to think that the dinosaurs were a hoax. Excuse me. I don't, I'm not saying they were a hoax. Okay. I'm still a firm believer that the fucking Megalodon still exists. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, if you think about it. We've only it, explored something? like 15, 20% of the ocean's floor. Yeah, like 80% of the ocean is still yet to be explored. And Oof. Earth I'm... is comprised of 80 fucking percent water or something like that. Like, No, the surface. Yeah, like there's that much water on the Earth. No, but there's land underneath the water. Yeah, well, fuck, so who you gives said it wrong. Regardless, there's regardless. so much water. There's so much water. It's You have to admit that it's at least plausible that they still exist. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, I'm going to do what I want to do. To this day, nobody has ever excavated a complete dinosaur skeleton. Hence, the various species of dinosaurs are all artist renditions. This confirms my, like, so the T-Rex was like, some dickhead at Universal was like, this is what I think. This is what they sound like. This is what they sound like. Before the 1800s, nobody had ever heard a dinosaur, nor had anyone anywhere throughout the ages discovered a single, quote, dinosaur fossil. This includes every single culture from around the world, from the Native Americans to the ancient Egyptians. The prehistoric Montrocini Museum's exhibits are all plaster casts. Real dinosaur bones are only allowed to be seen by a special group of government-appointed paleontologists. The whole dinosaur industry is propaganda, created as a way to evaluate Darwin's false theory of evolution. I mean, maybe. I, I still think they exist. Or they existed. There's a lot going on. I'm not sure. I love the land before time. In Jurassic Park, but Littlefoot. Uh, there's just a lot going on. Um, do you think boobs bounce and jiggle during an earthquake? You know, for science. I feel like if the body moves, they have to. So yes, theory confirmed. Do, uh, did I tell you about like if a tree falls in the woods? Does nobody? Did we talk about that? I don't know. Say it again. I, w- I went camping, at Crater Lake National Park. A while back, I, I stayed in a campground just outside Crater Lake. It was like two o'clock. You sure, in the you morning. want to say that? Yeah, why not? I was on leave. Fucking went camping. All right then. Anyways, I was fucking asleep in my tent, and I hear this a fucking thunderous clap, like branches fucking shattering, popping, and then boom! It happened two separate times that night. So I think that confirms the theory of if a tree falls in the middle no. of the woods and there's no one there to see it, does it make no. a sound? Because I didn't That's, see it. No. No. Mis- you misinterpreted the statement. So What's the statement? The statement is, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? The answer is no. Because in order to perceive sound, you have to have eardrums to perceive a sound. So if no one's around to hear it, 
there's no perceived sound because other tr- trees do not have eardrums or the little fucking snail in your ear. So there's no perceived sound. So it's quiet. But if you show up and you perceive those sound waves traveling through the air, entering your ear, hitting your eardrum, then it's generated into a, quote, sound that you can perceive. So no, if a tree I falls don't... in the woods, can no one, no one hears it. Mm-mm. Nope. That's why you're fat. What's your favorite flavor of Fruit Loops? Uh, I don't eat Fruit Loops. They're bad for you. They're actually a car- labeled as a carcinogen in Europe, and I don't eat them because they have red dye and red four in them. Not what... You've eaten them before. What's your favorite one? Blue. Why? Tastes better. <laughs> they all taste the same. They're the same flavor. No, they don't. It's just like... It, no. 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 30%... No, listen. 30% of what you perceive as, quote, good food is based on a, on presentation. So if I cook you a steak and I just sear it and I throw it on a fucking a white plate, you're going to be like, steak, nice. If I do, like... A nice garlic butter aioli on top, paired with some like a complimenting color like asparagus, and then I do secondary complimenting color like mashed potatoes on the side or red red rosa potatoes. You I like three... how you said mashed potatoes is a color. <laughs> mashed potatoes is a color. <laughs> if you have contrasting colors and you have contrasting textures, it elevates the meal, and your brain perceives and looks at this and goes, "That looks good as fuck," and then it tastes better. It's Sorry science, saying... bro. Are you saying blind people can't ever have good food? Yeah, fuck blind people. I think I think 90% of blind people are full of shit and lying, and they're just trying to get out of doing real work. Jesus Christ. Heard it here first, ladies. Blind people are faking it. I, how about this? I will ask Fruit Loops if, <laughs> if their colors are meant to taste different. I know they don't. I know they. The I know they don't. It's all in your brain. If you perceive something to be awesome, so like, I'll give you a fucking prime example. Hold on. Sorry, I had to fart. I'll give you a prime example. You're on a ship. All right. They go now. Flight quarters. Flight quarters. Flight quarters. Man, flight quarters three. You're a non-rate. You've been on the ship fifteen days. You're like, holy shit, a helicopter's coming. Fucking rad. You're at E six. They go flight quarters. You go fuck. It's the same thing. It's perceived and presentation. You know what's going to happen. You can see what's happening. You're immune to it. So as an, a higher rank, you don't like flight quarters. As someone that's never experienced flight quarters, they think it's going to be rad, and they take their phone out and take pictures of this stupid helicopter landing. Pro- point proven. I don't. You're stupid. I don't, I don't think so. You're dumb. You're, you're dumb. the one who thinks fucking blue Fruit Loops taste better. Blue Fruit Loops? Blue Fruit <laughs> I've been drinking. Blue Fruit Loops are better. It's the same. No. What's better, Fruity Pebbles or Cocoa Pebbles? Fruity Pebbles. Because they have a color contrast. No, because they taste fruity and Cocoa Pebbles just taste like chocolate. Wrong. That's wrong. You're wrong. It's not wrong. No, it's it's 100% wrong. Science has proven it. Simon has proven what? Color contrast in your <laughs> meals makes your meal taste better. It's proven. I, no. You know what? When we get a fucking CS on here from the color team, I'm going to ask him and they'll be like, Miss Miami, you're so smart. That's exactly what we do. That's why we do garnishes and shit. Remember back in the 90s when pizza had all that fucking green shit around the salad bar? It's going to elevate the meal. Just because a meal looks good doesn't mean it tastes fucking good. Your brain will think it does. That's the, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it does. I'm saying it thinks it does. All the Fruit Loops are the same fucking flavor. They're different colors. But the different colors do something in your brain. Just like when we were caveman, we looked at berries. We're like, red berries give me diarrhea. Blueberries make me yummy, yummy in my tummy. I'm going to eat the blueberries. 
It's science, bro. It's all been proven. <laughs> You're talking out of your ass right now. What else you got? All right, I got one more. I think. Hold on. All right. So, you know the writing of the Declaration of Independence, right? Yeah. So, you know they had a hootenanny after raids, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. Not the Declaration of Independence. The end of the, end of the Revolutionary War, they had a hootenanny. Um, I'm going to read you something. Okay. <clears throat> Wait, so we're not talking about the Declaration of Independence? Nope. I don't know why I said we... that. Okay. Okay. End of, end of the Revolutionary War. Okay. The bar tab of a night of a 1787 farewell party for General George Washington was left intact and legible. I according, think I heard this. Yeah, according to the bill, the founding fathers drank 54 bottles of Madeira, 60 bottles of Claret, eight bottles of whiskey, 22 bottles of porter, eight bottles of hard cider, 12 of beer, and seven bowls of alcoholic punch. How many people do you think attended? Sounds like a great wedding down. <laughs> Or a normal it, wedding down. It probably wasn't that many. It was probably like 15 to 20. More or less. More. 50. It was 55. That's that's still that's still a lot. You know, now, now that I said it out loud, that's... What gets me, so Madeira is a wine, Claret's a wine, but so 54 bottles of wine. All right, so 54 plus 60 is like... Six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> it's like a hundred and ten bottles of wine for fifty-five people. That's a lot. That's a lot of alcohol just to start. What gets me is the eight bottles of whiskey, twenty-two bottles of porter, which is like a port wine, eight bottles of hard cider, and twelve bottles of beer. I don't. I don't understand that one. That's a, that's a lot for anyone. Like, yeah, I mean, those people must. I bet nobody walked out of that place. There's no I bet, way. I bet George Washington walked out of that sober as a fucking stone, hopped on his horse, gave everyone the finger, pulled out a sword, and let, let's ride, lightning, and he fucked off into the sunset. Can you get a DUI on a horse? Yeah. Anything you have control of is, is a DUI. You can get a you can get a DUI on a lawn like a lawnmower. Well, I know that, but that has a motor. If Horses you're in don't con- have motors. If you're in control of the vessel, craft, or vehicle, you can get a DUI. Based on my made-up information. What if your hands are on the reins? You're not in control. So there was actually a story of that a, couple, like, a while back. There was a ho- cowboy got on his horse, blackout drunk, fell asleep on the saddle, and the horse instinctively went home. Can you charge him? The horse I, was in control. Speaking of, because you said if you're in control of any anything, right? A friend of mine, we were we were in A school, got pulled over on base. We had just left the E-Club. He left a little before me, going back to the barracks. He got pulled over while walking. He was on the fucking sidewalk. That is a trace <laughs> training center for you right there. Training center for you right pulled there. pulled him over. Training center for you. Well. All right. That's all this, I got. This was supposed to be like a 40-minute episode. You talked a lot. Good, 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 good. Well, I'll see you at the next one for our Alaska episode. All right. Later. Bye. Bye.